subscribe to Simply Bitcoin. Welcome everybody, welcome into another episode of the Meme Factory Podcast. This is test stream number 25. As you all know at this point, there will never be a real stream. We only do test streams, that way nobody can cancel us. This evening, we are graced by none other than the presence of Texas Slim, who this evening seems to be going as Beef Initiative. So Beef, if you could, give us an idea of who you are. Well, everybody calls me Texas Slim. Um, I am from Texas, and I'm basically the founder of the Beef Initiative. And what we're doing is we're opening up people's eyes about the food, um, lack of food intelligence in this nation, and the importance of pure animal protein. And we're bringing, I started in the Bitcoin space so we could bring Bitcoiners into some intentional living when it comes to our food. And so we can kind of disrupt the food industry bring in Bitcoin and then uh, decentralize our food industry. That's the long and the short of it. We just launched, I've uh, been building this for about a year now and um, getting a lot of uh, good feedback. And I think I've made it now since I'm here. I, you know, Michael Saylor said <laughs> that uh, eventually all the great thinkers in the space make it to this podcast. Well, here it is, 2022 <laughs> and we're kicking it off correctly. So. Yeah, you're in good company. All right. That. All right. So, um, if you've seen the show before, you understand that we make most of our money through the advertising. I've sent you the ad copy that we need read for us this evening because that's part of the deal. Suscourt Mame says, have the guests read it. Uh, <laughs> whenever you're ready, if you want to go ahead with that, have at it. Sure. I'm going to be very professional about this too because I know how hard you try. And, you know, sometimes you come up short, but we'll see if you come up short tonight. <laughs> Uh, this is Texas Slim. This episode of the Meme Factory podcast is brought to you by the hardworking men and women at Suscorp and their new product, Soy Sausage. So, Suscorp has brought together two of the most divergent pro projects in the world, soy protein and penis shapes. Per one top executive at the company, we wanted our customer to really feel how we think about them. So cram that sausage down your mouth hole and suck it down that soy boy. <laughs> Suscorp will help you bring about a great reset in the way Americans source their protein with the GMO to go initiative. <laughs> and we're not going to stop until we put our sausage in everybody's mouth. Soy sausage can be found at sausage to suck a hole.com. <laughs> the first time buyers can receive 50% of their first purchase with discount code ethanol brought to you by the beef initiative yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can get paid now thank you that was good actually that was very creative thank you and it sends out a, it's a good distraction and it's it's a very good form of interference so i give you props thank you thank you it's a uh, you're welcome when you say interference you're talking about uh you know between your mouth and the sausage <laughs> exactly okay all right <laughs> all right so whatever hey whatever visual you got to come up in that little bright brain of yours go for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's you. on you man fuck you Slim. <laughs> <laughs> all right man simple question the hell's happening to our food supply 
their food supply has become a global marketing plan, basically. Um, all you have to do is look at our health as a nation. The last two years proved that we're unhealthy. Our health is compromised as the United States. I went in and I did a lot of deep research and I embedded myself in a harvest company this past year. I went and talked to the people that are selling the chemicals, the people that are basically genetically modifying our seeds uh all across the board i went and kind of looked at it i come from agriculture my grandfathers my ancestors come from agriculture and ranching it's in the blood it was never a lifestyle for me as far as a, a career but i know it pretty well so i understand basically distribution processing um basically who controls our food supply not too many people realize this our food supply almost about a hundred percent of it if you are in the industrial side of our food supply is is controlled by a chemical company most of our food is basically grown with the approval of a chemical company and so whenever you have a chemical company in charge of your food supply i think nutrition takes a back seat since the devaluing of our dollar and let's say 1971 what the fuck happened in 1971 we devalued our dollar went off the gold standard anything that has touched that in our food supply basically a devalued dollar devalues your food supply in ways that we have not really understood up until now our food supply basically is is a fake commodity that is profit driven and basically based on control of consumption when chemical company go ahead when you say it's a fake commodity mm -hmm. what do you mean well, let's, let's look at, uh, um, after 1971, rapeseed, which was out, actually outlawed in 1956 for human consumption. This is a family rapeseed show. <laughs> rapeseed is canola, and canola basically is in, um, I don't know, it's in everything. You know, it, it, it basically is, it's a byproduct that they put in everything that we consume, from candy bars to meat products to vegetable product to anything you want to touch to fry in it. Most of, you know, fast food, all of our fried food is fried in canola. In canola oil is basically, you know, once something is outlawed by the FDA, that was for a reason. And the only reason they got out of that basically not being able to be consumed by humans is that they genetically modified seeds and they learned how to basically treat the chemicals in the way that wouldn't be overly toxic to us. That's one seed oil right there. And if you look at the, the, um, the other byproducts that they've developed this past year, the USDA, or I'm sorry, the FDA won a lawsuit. And they're able to embed a thousand new chemicals into our food supply in 2022 and 2023. It's called the grass rule, generally recognized as safe. If they can by bypass any type of scrutiny of chemicals and they can label it as generally recognized as safe, we don't have to know what that chemical is. Well, that chemical is basically modifying our foods in ways that is making us obese and overweight and metabolically bankrupt. And that's so, been proven. If I can yeah. back it up a second. Sure. Yeah. What they why got, what they got was, canola, yeah. well, not just black canola, oh, but why, why, sorry, with a thousand chemicals that are now available for use through uh -huh. this, from this lawsuit, when you say they can pass it through without scrutiny because it's considered safe and effective, 
by what standards are they saying? Like, what what are they pointing to and saying it's safe and effective? Look. Well, you know, that's U.S. drug, USDA, FDA, you know, they're hand in hand. We think that they are actually basically there for our safety. They have so many lobbyists that, you know, affect our laws and our legislation. And whenever you have a food supply as big as ours is, as far as feeding the world, you know, those those rules and regulations basically are not done for our safety. They're done for driving profits. Our food supply is nothing but a profit-driven subsidy market. And basically, by the time we're getting that food, it's so highly processed that the food aspect of it has been lost. What has won over is the amount of chemicals and amount of different byproducts that they can put into, into our food supplies and say, hey, this is this is okay for you. We've tested it in a lab and it doesn't kill you anymore. Yeah, we've got some reports that it might cause a little bit of yeah, maybe a little obesity. But if you look at a lot of the 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 scientific proof that they've covered up throughout the years, as far as tests that's been done on mice or animals, as far as canola, you know, it affects the brain in different ways. It affects the pancreas in different ways. It affects your uh, your GI tract in different ways. They're able to cover that up with marketing and basically the the type of corruption that it is in the food supply as far as the FDA, the FDA, really the FUD, the Federal Drug Administration, seriously, you know, that's who's who's saying it's okay to be safe, you know, the, the FDA, who, who are they also, you know, um, the opiate, you know, opio, whatever it is, epidemic that we had. You know, the pain kill, killers that killed everybody. There's so many things that the FDA proves that are ba- basically deadly for our society. How we get away from that is the perception of the marketing plan that they present to us. And the more that we're separated from our food is basically the less that you're going to have any control over your nutritional value of your life. So if I can unpack that a little bit, what I'm hearing is there is a chemical company in control of certain aspects of our food supply and their aim mm-hmm. is to manufacture a product that what ostensibly produces a higher yield out of out of worse fields but with no regard for the the consequences to human life on eating said yeah. chemicals as long as they produce more that's a, that's exactly my question i had before like why do they use uh... So why is that is this like overused of the granola or like in the industry like granola canola or what's, what's <laughs> canola canola yeah yeah uh, what's well, they, what's what's their incentive i like they profiting more uh sure it's it's about money it's about power it's about it's about controlling the seed you know this last year each year you look at our wheat crops we're growing less wheat and more canola and the reason they're able to do this because it brings a lot more money than wheat does and they can put it in more products and so the higher consumption models that they can build around canola the higher profit margins they're making and it's it's basically i call it a weed i mean it's going to grow a lot easier it grows easier with roundup whenever you plant a seed anymore that seed's not growing unless you put the pesticides and herbicides on it it's not just going to grow. You're not going to put it in the, in the soil and water it. It grows. Our seeds don't do that anymore. What? It has to have a certain pesticide. It has to have a certain herbicide. How? That's the only way. How? Yeah. 
How do they you all work together? How hand do you, in hand. How do you train a seed to only sprout once you've sprayed the pesticide on it? Genetically modified. Ask your, deal, ask your dealer, Craig. Come on. What's, the, <laughs> what's that question, man? You know, used to, uh, used to the farmers used to brown bag all their seeds and they would save their seeds and they would plant the next year's crop. You can't brown bag anymore. You have to yeah. sign a technology use agreement that is the original company corporation that did that was Monsanto. Monsanto is now owned by Bayer. Bayer is the biggest pharmaceutical medical company in the world right now. So when I say chemical company, well, let's look at the umbrella of what we use as far as our medical, our pharmaceutical, our agricultural complex, we call it impact. All of these companies are associated with each other. The chemical companies are the ones that are actually helping modify the seeds. And so you get a company like Cargill, they're working with Monsanto. Hey, does this chemical work on this seed to make it grow? If it does, then we're going to make the farmer use this chemical, use this seed, and he's going to have to sign this contract. And at the end of the harvest, he can harvest his crop and then he can take it to market. And then they control the market of the seed that they grew that's genetically modified that was used to grow was with the pesticides and herbicides that they create. So it's a never ending commodity market of chemicals and food that's basically become unhealthy for us. And, it's just- and if you look at our nation, we're 78% obese and overweight. I mean, come on people. That's mm-hmm. not, that's something that has just happened in the last couple, you know, couple of decades. You look at pictures in 1970, we were not obese and overweight, and this is not a judgment against anybody. This is just hardcore facts. People are dying because they're, obese overweight and they're diabetic one out of two americans are now either diabetic or pre-diabetic 46 percent of our children between the ages of 5 and 11 are now obese or overweight that's a freaking problem man and nobody's talking about it because they can't connect the dots and so that's what i've been doing and there's a lot of people on twitter and bitcoin twitter that have been talking about this stuff there's there's they're missing a couple of aspects to it and a lot of people can't say anything because it is going up against a freaking dinosaur i mean it's it's the it's the global corporations and so that's why i came up with the beef initiatives so we can circumvent around them with the decentralized ethos that we all think about within bitcoin before we get into the beef initiative i want to make sure we identify the problem correctly so sure the problem is centralized top-down direction and control of additives for the food supply as well as the sources of food supply themselves and that has been corrupted by a profit motive if i understand what you're pretty much plus your face yeah so (laughs) all right so there's the problem now how how would one go about doing things differently how did we used to do it well, how we used to do it, like, I'll give you an example. There's a company called Rural DSM. They're out of their European company. Well, they, they did $8 billion in revenue this past year. All they do is design taste. They design chemicals to make you taste certain things. They can give you a, <laughs> this is a family show. I won't say they can give you a piece of crap and put some chemical on there. And you think it's a damn cinnamon vine or whatever, a donut. And they're very good at it. And they, they introduce chemicals as far as taste chemicals into all kinds of different foods. And you would never even know that it had those chemicals in there. Whenever our kids and our society are tasting that food, just because it's been engineered as a, you know, hijacking our taste buds, 
nothing else matters after that. They don't have to worry about, you know, supplying you a good product. And so if, if we understand how our taste buds have been hijacked, we can kind of take a step back and say, okay, let's, let's see, why do I desire what I desire for what I consume? And you start saying, I need to get something that tastes more whole, something that my grandparents used to probably used to eat and that maybe I was raised or everybody else was raised around. There's something that we used to do in the past that didn't have all these chemicals in it. And it started happening after 1971 for the most part. And so if we can take a step back, I don't shop at the grocery store very little. And when I do, I don't hit the middle aisles. Everybody you know, has heard that. One thing that I tell everybody is just get rid of the seed oils out of your life and look at the package. Just never eat a seed oil again as much as you can. What, and if what, you start what, there. Wait, 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 wait. Class, even even olive class. oil? Even olive oil? No, yeah. olive oil is not a seed oil. Okay. Olive oil. So olive oil, um, you know, olive oil is good. But if you look at the labels in a lot of olive oils, you know, they're going to be blends. And if you got to be very knowledgeable to say, is this really, truly olive oil or is it a blend? And once you, send, once again, we're getting, I send you, I send you some Kalamata olive oil. It's, it's, it's okay. It's good. I, I, I believe so, you, yellow. So what is it like the extra, like the extra virgin olive oil that appears? Yeah, stuff. you got the good shit, and I understand that. I can. I was going to ask you for some, anyways. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want to ask yellow for olive oil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yellow. I get a bad visual there, so I'll take. Give me a box of Red there. Bull at best. <laughs> Malakum on top of it. It's Malakum in there. Yeah. <laughs> so can you? I like a syrup. So I don't know. I don't know what the list of seed oils is. Do you, what's like, uh, what are your top 10 offenders? Who are the top 10 seed oils? Well, I don't, I mean, you're oil. asking the wrong guy because I grew up eating from lard and well, stuff. Well, if you're going to, if you're can avoiding them, canola. how do you know what to avoid? Canola. Canola is bad for you. Okay. Canola is horrible. Uh, cotton seed oil. A lot of, a lot of restaurants now use cotton seed oil. And it's like, really? Okay. Then they think they're doing something that's cool, but they're using cotton seed instead of canola. And it's just, you know, sunflower oil. I don't know about that. It just any type of oil like that. Why would you use it in the first place? Tell me why do, why do you use it? Who told you the TV to tell you to, to use the, the seed oil? Why do you think it's good? Who, who's telling you this information? You've got to get to the source of the seed of that information and who is basically making money off of telling you to eat this byproduct. It's all started in the early night. I'll tell you a story. Procter and Gamble used to, they were a soap company and a candle company before we had electricity in the United States. Well, electricity got here. They quit selling candles and they created this little company called Crisco. So they turned Crisco cottonseed oil, which they were using to make candles. They turned it into something that you could fry with and they got rid of animal fat, lard, all of that, you know, the ghee, the tallow, the suet, all everything that you, animal fat that you could use for lard into frying. And it became a marketing plan and they pushed it for years and years and years. And here we are now is you can go to the, the supermarket and you'll have a full thing of just seed oils and oil and oil. And it's like, why did, why is everybody so, you know, motivated to use these oils? Do they even know what is the intention? I, nobody can answer that, that question. Yeah, would, butter, would butter be a better butter would be a better substitute. 
butter's all yeah i mean the butter has a different temperature you know i i I cook all my steaks in butter for sure and i make my own butter and it's really easy to do you just get really good cream and you make butter and you know i think i feel like you missed some steps How's that? Yep. <laughs> you got, if you get you, you get the really good cream, you whip the shit, and then well, you, you make the butter shit out of it. You, you whip the shit out of it. Yeah, churn. You oh, you got to churn it. Just churn it. Show us how to churn. Maybe churn. No one knows it. Well, I'm gonna say something controversial. Okay. As a non-American, like the whole um, carnivore beef thing, like only that, like I, I eat a lot of my. Uh, beef and like uh pork and shit like that but like only that like that's weird to me uh i don't know if you're only doing the carnivore yourself no me no no no. no. okay no i no i i eat i eat animal protein i grew up eating vegetables that were grown in gardens and stuff there's and i have nothing against carnivore i don't have anything against veganism to tell you the truth because what this is about is pure nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> this is what this is about. This is not about, you know, everybody goes through these diets, paleo diet, the Cato diet, the carnivore diet, the vegan diet, the, you know, all that kind of crap. I don't pay attention to. It's, I, it's, it's all over Bitcoin, Twitter. That's why my point. Like, yeah, it is. And I, I understand it. And a lot of people, do, I mean, <clears throat> I did Dr. Sean Baker, you know, the carnivore diet. And I did his podcast. It's all valid. What we need to really focus here and what the beef initiative is about is, is understanding what pure animal protein is again. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is actually, where is it grown? Where is it coming from? Is it coming from a chemical company or is it coming from a regenerative farmer that, you know, he uses those cows as land tools to rebuild that soil. And so, so what, so whatever you eat, like you have to be, it has, it has to be localized. Uh, most most of the time homegrown with no pesticides and oils that cut profit for somebody's big companies most of the times and yeah as, I, as our grandfathers did as you said yeah 100 percent. i mean my my grandfather lived i don't know 20 20 miles out outside of a small town called lotney texas well they fed each other and it was it was the community that did it they knew who, who was growing what i mean they had their farmers markets and you know we can't do all of that like they used to but they had something that basically most of our food comes from overseas why is that you know that that's that's ridiculous well that's because of global profit margins and yields this mm-hmm. is what they're trying to do and they come to the the preface of saying well we got to feed the world bullshit we don't have to feed the world we have to feed our communities first and if you teach a community how to feed itself then you're going to feed the world because they're going to learn how to do it that's how we got here in the first place the reason that we talk about feeding the world is because the global corporations want power over our food supplies you know they have most of our seeds under a doomsday vault and um i believe it's norway you know we don't have access to the heirloom seeds that we that our nation came with I thought that that was controlled by some sort of foundation, not by. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll tell you one of those foundations that donated a many millions of dollars was as a, the Gates foundation. Insane. So, you know, Bill Gates, Mr. Bill Gates, he owns 244,000 acres of farmland in the United States too. And he's not much of a farmer, in, in but he summer. does have investments in eight fake meat companies too. 
So not, not not your keys, not your seed. Is that what you're trying to say? Pretty much. Yeah. In some in some aspects, for those uh, big organizations like um, bringing uh, like I don't know tons and tons of oranges to the states and back and forth, and all, it's all like margin trading. It reminds me of sure. margin trading. Like it's all about like that's why we also have that that amount of waste, right? Like mm-hmm. the amount of waste. Uh, especially from the so-called first uh, kind of first world countries, like it's it's huge. Yeah, it, yeah, it just brings to my mind like just what you're saying, yellow. Like you have you have this food, but it's not even looked at as food. It's looked at as just dollar signs to Dude, these corporations, exactly to the chemical corporations and the food corporations, which they're really not even necessarily food corporations. They're just they're they're businesses and their main business is profiting however they can. And so the incentives have mixed things up to where it's not necessarily about the quality or the quality of the food or the health of the individuals that they serve to, but it's just about how can we continue to push more food out no matter what. Yeah, they don't care about quality. They buy cheap from one place, sell it a little bit uh, more in the in the other place and like the waste is calculated too and it's acceptable. So they don't care. All right. Yeah. So go ahead. How do we fix it, Slim? Well, we we become aware a little bit more. We just, you know, nobody eats perfect. Nobody's overly healthy. We're not trying to do that. What we're really trying to do is 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 point to a different lifestyle, intentional lifestyle. And once again, that's why I kind of came into Bitcoin because we talk about proof of work. We talk about decentralization and we talk about intentional living. Um, you know, we have to understand that our food is completely different from just even 10 years ago. We can't be random with our food anymore. We have to bring some food intelligence into it. And it doesn't have to be something that is painful. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, is taxing on your current lifestyle or form of survival. You have to change your mindset a little bit, a couple of degrees, point your compass in a different direction than what you're used to. Quit making food so freaking a form of convenience for one and bring some like tradition back into it. You know, start, you know, buying, buying the right food. I'll give you an example. I have probably uh, in this, in the place I am right now, I have six months worth of beef. I know what I'm eating for the next six months. Once I know that this Sunday, I'm making a big old freaking roast that I bought from my local producer. And so I'm very intentional about planning my meals and I don't have to worry about it on a, on a day by day basis. I know if I want to have a T-bone, I know if I want to have a ribeye, I want a a steak, a ribeye. I mean, anything I want any day of the week, I've already planned for that. I've already paid for it. And it's actually a hell of a lot cheaper than going to the grocery store once a week too. I don't spend as much money now on food now that I'm going straight into the beef initiative and I have that access, that market access to somebody that wants to know me, wants to be my friend. I want to know that rancher and I want to go have a you know good relationship with them. Is that I totally come? Go ahead. Is that what the beef initiative is? Yeah, pretty much. Is it's it's learning how to go out there and and be your own food supply, and it's not that hard. We have technology. And I'm bringing in all the ranchers and saying, hey, ranchers, would you please teach us about what you do so we can understand, you know, the, the, the care, the love, the intentionality you put into this, this lifestyle that is ranching. I want to know how you steward these animals. 
because it's about land management. It's about animal stewardship. And then rancher, we're going to teach you about Bitcoin because we have a decentralized protocol here that we think that you're going to be able to use as a store of value in the future. Your grandfather kind of knew how to do it, but he didn't have Bitcoin. Well, let's bring his heritage into Bitcoin and let's have this conversation. Well, hell, that's a hell of a way to spend a Saturday to go hang out on a ranch, you know? And if you can't do that, if you're in Manhattan, you're in Boston, one of those crappy cities like that, you know, you can basically come through the Beef Initiative and you can start forming some relationships in how we actually communicate in the Bitcoin community. And so we just went live a couple of weeks ago. You can buy beef now through the Beef Initiative and pay in Bitcoin, and it can be shipped anywhere in the United States besides Hawaii and Alaska. That is our very first phase. We want more ranchers in here selling beef, and we're going to do it with Bitcoin option, and we're going to establish these relationships where the, the rancher's getting exposure. He's getting to tell his story. He's getting to save his legacy. And then the Bitcoiners get to learn about, hey, this is how we we're talking about citadels. We're talking about smaller communities. These two groups of people are going to come together and they're going to form something a lot of people don't understand. With these intentional actions that we're doing, we're going to change the food supply and people are going to start thinking about food differently instead of going through, you know, this this marketing plan that is our consumption model. It's interesting because, you know, like growing up, right, or even once I've been growing up for a while. You think about food, right? And you're just like, a lot of times I'll just like in the past, right? Because recently I've actually been trying to eat a lot more healthy yeah. um, just for for athletic reasons and stuff. And so you uh, can dunk. Yeah, so I can dunk. Exactly. And, uh, but like, you know, there've been times where it's like, okay, whatever I can just order on my phone and will be at my doorstep, the fastest, that's what I'm going to eat, you know? And mm -hmm. I think like, and in the back of your mind, you know, like, this is not healthy, what I'm doing. Like, you know, like, this is not the healthiest thing I could be doing for my body, but there's just something you're like, this is going to taste good. It's going to fill me up. It's going to be cheap. And I'm just going to do it right now, you know? So I think it's what you're saying, which is different is like, there's a difference between doing that, not thinking about your food, but then having that intentionality about, okay, I'm not just going to, I'm not just going to walk down this life that I don't even think about, but I'm going to plan it out. I'm going to have certain things and certain reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm eating what I'm eating. And I'm going to be aware of what I'm eating and I'm going to be aware of what I'm putting in my body. I think that's, you know, it's so important that a lot of times we don't think about the body that we're given is the only body that we get in this whole life. We don't get another body and we, and it's the body that, that regulates how we feel our emotions. If we're happy, if we're sad, if we have energy, if we can do the work, if we're good in our relationships and all these things that we don't think about. And, and if you're not paying attention to what you're eating, and, and what you're consuming, even outside of food, then it can affect everything in your life, even to how you sleep. And so I think this is this is a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't think about, even myself included. And it's really good to to take a step back and think, okay, maybe I should be more intentional about what I consume with my food and also anything else as well. 
I mean, it's a good point because if you look at it, I mean, I used to, I mean, in Austin, Texas, whenever I was younger and in technology there, and it was a lifestyle. We'd stay up till four o'clock in the morning. We'd go to Taco Cabana. We'd eat shit food. We'd get drunk. We'd do all that kind of crap. What a, what a wonderful time that was. Well, you know what? Times have changed. You can't afford to do that crap anymore because the type of, the type of, um, as I say, the chemicals and how food has changed, even within the decade, you can't be random about this. And if you want to be random about it, then go ahead. You're not going to have a very good life that you should be able to afford yourself. And this is not about health food crap. This is not about diets. This is about being the best you can, man. This is about truly getting some protein to your brain. You look at the medical things that are going on in our nation. I know I've got some doctors that have come to me and these are doctors that see like in, in the state of Texas, one doctor, they, they basically see teenage boys every day. Well, there's those boys are coming in with 200 T cell counts now. And these guys should be having over a thousand to 1200 T cell counts as teenagers. They're coming in. Basically they're turning asexual. They're not boys anymore. They're not like what we grew up being. And that's been something that's happened in the last 10 years. Huh? Yeah. Oh, so, so there is a connection with the a oils and estrogen. Sure. Yeah, you look at, that. look, well, let's look. All right. Now we I'm go. We're gonna, yeah. I'm packed. Hold back. Yeah. No, let's look at soybean commodity. Okay. Soybean <laughs> commodities. Oh, I had part, to advertise part, it earlier. Now you are part of the fun. Yeah, soy there we go. Fucking soy rage, soy. And soy cucks, and all that soy people, <laughs> people that love soy. There's so many guys that are eating soy these days and they don't even know it. Soy estrogen, soy rage. I mean, it's a big soy argument. But if you think about how they're trying to basically demonize animal protein and they're trying to basically replace replace it with soy and pea protein, they who? and then you look at our teenage boys that are coming in with 200 T cell counts, there's an issue here. Who's, and even, who's demonizing meat? I don't know. The <laughs> I guess the global marketing plan that's going on, they just had cop, uh the uh the global uh food uh conference in glasgow cop 26 they basically tried to um classify the cow as a carbon hazard whoa and so you didn't hear about that no i don't even know who they are who are they well it's it's wef it's it's oh. everybody that's doing all the chronic crap that's going through it this world you look at the wef and how many connections they have to pepsico and all the global corporations that provide us foods they've got millions and millions of dollars worth of contracts you got tyson which is supplies our animal protein here in the united states and they're one of the biggest processors in the united states they have hundreds of millions of dollars worth of contracts with fake meat companies they're trying to say that the cow is killing the 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 atmosphere that the cow farts they're using all these types of marketing plans <laughs> to say you know you're a bad person if you eat that cow and you look at the super bowl how many i didn't even watch the super bowl but how many fake meat commercials were on i'm sure there were several but if you look at the marketing plans from here on out burger king all these fast food places are going to start doing this fake meat that fake meat is just trash it's sludge and they're going to make it taste good and that's that's something that you ask people. So why are you eating that? Well, because it tastes good. What's it made and out of? What's, what's the sludge well, it's made out of? Well, you, you get all kinds of combinations of the soy protein, the soybean, the pea proteins, just the byproducts. Uh, that cool. and, just, I, all right. So what's the sludge it's made out of? And 
That's, how, a, that's a term. And how does it? I, yeah, I understand. It's, it's crap. Yeah, right, <laughs> it's, right. it's seed oils. That's, it's processed shit. shit. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. I think the bigger thing it's is dog right, food. Like, well, a lot of this well, stuff well, you well, put well, in dog food. Hold on, hey, it's. <laughs> sorry, Lever. Oh, oh man, I had to go there, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so what, what what's the incentive to right. selling that food? If like if I'm Burger King or if I'm McDonald's, my my entire vertical is set up to bring me the shit I need for the food that I know I can sell. Why am I going to switch to the sludge? What's that um, well, incentive? Profit margins, control over food supplies. Um, you know, a lot of these companies, these global corporations have signed off to, to tackle the carbon problem. We're going into a, a carbon credit economy to where if you don't follow what's going on on the global food supply, as far as our, the, you know, the big global corporations, you don't get certain, certain subsidies. You don't get to do those write-offs that you get to do. So you, once again, the quality of the food, it's okay that it goes down as long as it's got the stamp of approval with, from the FDA and the USDA. Well, that's a lot of corruption within that. And so it, it doesn't really, um, if you're not following along with the, the big boys and you're actually, you're not providing that sludge, then you're not going to have market access. Let's just talk about market access that nobody ever brings up. What is market access? Well, you get approval to be able to sell your product. And if you, if you control the shipping lanes, you control the supply chain lanes, and you're not selling these products in, in Burger King or whoever it is, you might not have access to these products where, you know, you get to have these subsidies, you get to have these partnerships, these global corporation companies that get to, to basically be the directive of what you're going to sell. So there, it's very complicated. It's nothing that's easy, but whenever your food is coming from 2000 miles away, there's going to be some touch points that a lot of people don't understand. And that's a podcast within itself. All right. I think Larry, so, I have a question. Okay. Yeah, I have a question. Now that you mentioned dog food. So all these chemicals, all the soil, seed and things that they put into our food, does that apply to dog food too, or just for humans? Well, you look at, I, you know, it's funny. I, look, I was looking at dog, how many dogs got here by eating vegetables? Not many, you know, dogs don't eat vegetables. Yeah. But most dog foods are now that are that are made out of vegetables and they have a marketing plan saying how healthy is this for your dog and so you look at the type of products that are and i'm not saying it's the same same products but they 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 create a processing apparatus to where you can put the same product in human food that you can put in dog food it comes from you know it's the same philosophy some of the same chemicals preservatives you know, the type of uh, taste that a dog gets to be, you know, gets manipulated. Well, that same uh, taste was designed uh, by the same company that designed Taco Bell taste. Just everybody say, well, Taco Bell tastes good. I know it's shitty for me, but it sure does taste good. So, yep. you know, there's these, they're, they're the same companies that are doing this. They're the same corporations that are doing this. How people don't understand that is because they, they enjoy the marketing plans and they watch TV and they, they believe the commercials just like they do with mainstream media. And they think that's news. They think that they watch a commercial about food and say, Oh, that's, that's USDA prime beef. 
you know, that's just a crock of shit anymore because you look at, I'll tell you a cattle drive that happens every freaking week, South America, you have cattle that is grown, let's, let's say raised in Brazil, that, that cattle then gets shipped to Mexico. Well, in Mexico, they feed off with a bunch of grains that are from these chemical companies. And then those, that cattle comes into the United States and the state of Texas, and they get processed from one of the global corporations that have control over the processing. Well, they get to say, since that cow was processed in Texas, but it came from Brazil originally, they get to say USDA prime beef. (laughs) Nobody knows this shit. And then you get all this cattle in Texas that's damn good cattle. It gets processed in Texas, then it gets shipped to China. It gets shipped to Asia, and they pay top dollar for it. Why? Why are we getting the good stuff? Why aren't we getting our own meat? Well, Well, it's because they don't have to, because we're not paying attention. And then you get the ranchers, they don't have any control because they're getting their cattle processed in one of these four, four uh, global processing companies. You have JBS, you have Cargill, you have National, and you have Tyson. Three of those companies are based out of Brazil. They're not even American processing companies. They're global processing companies, and those guys have contracts with WEF. And so They're taking our beef. Contracts with taking- WEF? For what? Of course. As far as supply chain lines, carbon credits, all kinds oh. of different like international agreements that companies do, and so if they can and make the if they can clear, make just to be clear, the WF is the World Economic Forum for anyone. Uh, yeah. Maybe, oh, it's not. It's not that wrestling. Uh, Klaus Schwab and friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Klaus, Klaus, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab and the rest of the Fabians. I thought it was the wrestling association. It is. World. Yeah. yeah, yeah, WW. Yeah. Close. I know. (laughs) The dyslexia. (laughs) My brain is just melting. So all of that. Where does where does Bitcoin even fit into any of this? How does that help fix any of these? Well, that's a good question, and I'll I'll spell this out, and I'll try to be. It's a long conversation, but we don't have enough time for you to spell the whole sentence. I just need you to speak English. (laughs) I'm a pretty bad speller, but anyways. What do you do? You, you look at um, the, the cattle rancher and you go, hey, cattle rancher, where's where's your store of value? What, what is your motivation to make profit at the end of the year? You talk to a lot of cattle ranchers right now and they say, well, it's got to be in the USDA insurance policy. And you're saying what? And it's like, well, I can't survive without the USDA insurance policy. And so they're getting subsidized in ways that, you know, they don't want to admit. And not all of them are. And then you ask another one and you say, well, where's your value of your cow at right now? And they'll say, well, it's in the grain that it eats from uh, Cargill or Monsanto, you know, one of the grain companies, because that grain is what's making the profit. It's cow's not making the profit. So there's, there's a lot of different touch points. They used to be able to say that the value of the cow is, Wait, let's talk to that. Let's talk. Go ahead. Why is the, why are the ranchers saying the value of the cow is in the, in the grain? I don't understand that. Well, that's the feedlot ranchers. I'm a, uh, I apologize. You got feedlot ranchers that basically, you know, not the regenerative guys, but you have a lot of feedlot ranchers that require grain to raise their cows. And so they, you know, they, they have to look at the price of that grain. They have to monitor the price of that grain. That grain can go up or down. And so where's your profit margin going with that cow? That's the main input. becomes yeah exactly okay and so you 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 look in the past the value of the cow was maybe in the land that the cow grazed on or now a lot of times you'll get the regenerative guys well the value of the cow is in that calf that's coming 
So you can't really pinpoint that. Well, let's talk to a rancher that knows all the manipulation, knows the commodity markets, knows that he's screwed every year if he doesn't have a USDA insurance policy. We teach him about a store of value that is decentralized, that is incorruptible, and that can't be seized. Well, he's you get a rancher that's been ranching for four generations, and he knows this how his business, and you get him to understanding Bitcoin, there's going to be a light that goes off in the rancher's head, and they're going to understand what Bitcoin is, and they're going to understand that they can leverage a new store of value. And we're pretty early in it, but there's a lot of education that needs to come forward. But there's, I'm, I'm bringing on five to six ranchers every week and we're educating them about Bitcoin and they're learning fast because they get it because they're, they, they have a decentralized mindset already. And they, they're, they're, very, they're very intentional with everything that they do. Go live on a ranch for a year and see, see, see if you think you're a hard worker. You know, they, they are very intentional. They, they know what they're doing but they've been manipulated and they, they want some help. And I think that a Bitcoin protocol basically, as far as a store of value is a first step. Let's talk about transactional Bitcoin. Whenever you can go peer to peer and buy your beef and sell your beef peer to peer and nobody can screw with you. You don't have to worry about the chemical companies saying, how oh, you're going to have to use this USDA insurance policy anymore. The rancher's going to say, no, I'm regenerative. Now I'm off the grass. I'm doing it my way. I'm using non-GMO corn and grain. I'm actually using Bitcoin as my transactional layer and my store value. And so they can't touch them. The food supply lines get screwed up. Well, I have a relationship with a local producer that is a processor and he's using Bitcoin and I can pay him in Bitcoin now. It's the, the, a decentralized food apparatus that we've never seen before. And it's here. And that's what the beef initiative is gonna kind of move Think locally, fuck globally. There you go. I mean, why wouldn't you? And if you can't get hyper local, then then come through the beef initiative and you'll be able to get your stuff shipped to you or whatever it is, you know, wherever you are, everybody, you know, it's, it's, this is just not in, in the nations in the United States. This is across the world. I mean, there's, there's, you know, Princey, you know, with once Witten, he's buying his beef now from his local processor producer. And he's talking to him about Bitcoin. And we get all the plebs out there eating this way, living this lifestyle, being intentional about it, proof of work. We're gonna we're gonna make a big impact here in the beginning. Now, if if you're not in Texas, how would one go about finding their local rancher, processor, producer? Because I, I did a I did a potato Google search just for like my local ranchers and nothing shows up. Well, yeah, there's, ranch, there's ranchers outside of Texas. Yeah, you that's, have, that's uh, why I'm you asking. Have, that's why. <laughs> Alligators or empties over there. Right. They're delicious well, too. And that, that, you know, it's a good question because there's some data, you know, there's some data out there. There's some databases that have been created for, you know, you know, there's all kinds of them that are, you know, grass fed, you know, that you can search for. What we're doing right now is we're sourcing a lot of people across the United States and saying, hey, who are you using? And so we're getting input saying this is who i'm using it's proof of work from missouri to washington to massachusetts people are going to start giving us input as far as the bitcoin space we do have a database that we're going to release that you'll just go to the beef initiative you'll do a search and it'll have geographical stuff and we'll try to do as you know as, as far as verifying as much as we can but the verifying is going to come from 
the Bitcoin space, you know, the people that come to the beef initiative and it, it'll be an iterative process. It takes a little time, but the more that the beef initiative does get the general awareness of these ranchers, these ranchers are going to come to us and we're going to verify them and they're going to want to sell their beef through the beef, beef initiative, or if they need e-commerce help, we'll help them with that within the beef initiative as well to get them up and running to where they can actually be discovered. They're not very good with technology and they're not very good with websites. And a lot of them rely on like Facebook and stuff like that. And we're trying to change that for them to where it's easier for you, Greg, to like, fine. I mean, if you just hit me up and let me know where you want me to search, I'll find something for you pretty fast. And we're going to make that a little bit more automated moving forward. Well, I mean, for yeah. me, for me, that's easy, but for, yeah, for anybody else who might be watching, they right. might not have direct access to Texas Slim. No, they won't. But if, if they watch this now, they do have direct access. Okay. All right. They know how to find me, right? So, I mean, we're get to do that plug, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. I, I spoke over you. What's up? What do you got? I was just saying, I have a, so I have a buddy who he just, uh, they just built their ranch in Utah mm -hmm. and uh, him and his wife. And they're doing a great job out there. You know, they're in their first year of ranching. And, you know, they have all types of animals out there. They have cattle and they have a couple of horses and uh, pigs, everything. If they he's, wanted to. Uh, no, no. And if he, I was just wondering if, if they wanted to, um, like, be part of the beef initiative would they just contact you or how would someone yeah. would someone go all they have to yeah all they anybody we, we want input from every rancher in the united states that's doing exactly what your friends are doing yeah we want to at least get them exposure because maybe they want to talk about their protocol how they're going about being a ranch first generational rancher you heard we it here hear everybody all that texas wants we you want to expose yourself to them please <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big voyeur so you know yeah, I gotta, get, gotta get a lot of input here yeah but uh <laughs> we want people to come and you know especially we've got a couple of first generational ranchers that are doing it right now we got jason rich out in colorado he's first generational he started off with 400 acres now he's up to 4,000 acres that he's actually getting to improve put his cattle on and we're going to tell a story for him and at the same time, we're teaching him about Bitcoin from the ground up. And so we're having that continual conversation. So all they have to do is reach out to me personally or go to the Beef Initiative and there's a producer page. All they have to do is put their name and their information in the producer page and it'll show up on our database. And so there's a lot of different ways. But I, at this point in time, I just want everybody to contact me. I like to have like a 30 minute meeting with everybody and say, how can I help you? How can yeah. I help you, you know, educate or what do you need from other ranchers? All these ranchers are starting to talk to each other and they're saying, Hey, I'm having this kind of luck doing this way. I'm going to this conference. I'm doing this. And it's all decentralized communications at this point in time. Yeah. It's interesting because normally you think about like, like a, a world where someone else is doing the same job that you're doing. Normally you're competing against each other, but in a, in a decentralized world, you're not necessarily competing against each other. You're all like, it's like, the rising tide lifts all boats, right? And so yeah. as as you guys are, as everyone's, all ranchers are working together, then more newer ideas are coming across. People can think about new ways, ranchers can think about new ways to to do ranching. And, and then everyone can succeed. Everyone can get healthier food. It just seems like all, all around win-win situation. 
I don't know. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, Yellow. Yeah, go so, ahead, Yellow. As I'm listening to you, Slim, uh, I cannot help but think about, like, it's going to be a little bit hard to articulate because I just thought about it. And I don't know, I don't know if you have, like, an idea how the future is going to play with around uh, with uh, a local production and, sure. and Bitcoin. But, like, as we saw uh, the relationship between uh, Bitcoin and energy companies and energy in in general, like they're using it as battery, they're uh, improving their margins like that. Like food production, beef, beef animals are, so, are a kind of energy. We are talking about making that as we did in energy that geography doesn't matter that much. Like you can go in, in a remote place and mine some Bitcoin with the excess energy and then send the Bitcoin somewhere more um, close to the grid, right? Like the geography doesn't matter. So we're playing, we have that idea too here in the animal aspect of it. Like we're talking about uh, growing quality products locally, right? Like mm -hmm. it's going to be, I don't, I don't know how it's going to play out, but like, I think if there's like, a new relationship forming around like Bitcoin and how uh, your deal, uh, what you're talking about actually is gonna like play out in the future and how disruptive, disruptive that's gonna be around maybe like locally produced stuff all around the world. Mm -hmm. And like, doesn't matter, like the geography doesn't matter anymore. I don't know if you think about, have you thought about that? Yeah, and you look at animal protein and you look at geography because I'm talking about cattle because I'm in Texas. I mean, I wouldn't talk about anything else, but you go in different regions of the world, what animal protein has got them this far in the first place? One thing that we're doing in Texas is that processing centers are an issue for everybody. In Texas, we have a little leverage because we can have different type of processing centers. My one of my producers of KNC cattle coal down in Austin, he's opening up a processing center now too. And so what that does, it starts this conversation of people that are basically raising their cattle different ways because they didn't have access to the right processing centers. Now that they're going to have access to coal's processing center, they're going to change the way that they're raising their produce. And I'm sorry, it's, it's their cattle, how they produce it. What that means is they're going to get off the, maybe the grain, you know, the feedlot type of system, and they're going to go more into a regenerative because they know that they can get their meat processed in a processing center that they don't have to answer to. That's not part of the arm of the, the, the global corporations, the chemical companies. And so there's going to be a gradual shift that you see start happening. I think that Texas is going to lead that. And once we start leading that movement of people getting out from underneath that umbrella of the chemical companies, getting more locally localized, and then in understanding that they can leverage the processing centers that are popping up in the state of Texas, we have created a new form of market access that nobody can really contest because it's localization. It's not competing with the globalist in a big way as far as, you know, every major city is changing all of a sudden. It's a gradual pro pro uh, progress, just like suddenly, you know, gradually and then suddenly. Suddenly. 
yeah, then we're going to, we're going to see this happen because it'll start becoming a standard and not everybody's going to come along with this. There's going to be people that don't want to eat this type of food, this type of animal protein. They prove it every day. So it's not going to be for everybody, but I know it's going to be for all Bitcoiners. Now, is, is there some sort of win-win condition here where, right, we as Americans, uh, sorry, Europeans and whoever else, fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> we, we as Americans, America. America, is we America. as Americans can eat the cattle that we're producing here and the livestock uh-huh. that we're producing here and then export the giant global corporation food to our enemies and just make them fat and stupid like can, uh, where <laughs> well of course we could they do it to us right now let's do it know? to them how do we do it to them fuck just getting want, everybody yeah. here healthy let's fuck up everybody else let's fuck up <laughs> well we start by you know we, we start by not shipping our quality shit overseas i mean that's a no-brainer there and if, if we can start putting that emphasis that that is intentional living that I'm going to do in my local region, then we can do anything. We, we, we kind of flip it on its head. Good. And we flip it on its head in a localized way that's decentralized. Because I'm for and, supporting American large businesses, right? I, sure, want, I want them to make a profit. But if they're going to make people fat, stupid, and unhealthy, I want them to make Greeks <laughs> fat, stupid, and unhealthy. <laughs> We, we can get very philosophical here and you look at you look at societies and empires and whenever they fell it's because they their health went to shit because their food went to shit bullshit you know, it's because their money went to it, shit well yeah in unison in unison if you have shit money you have shit food i don't know why people can't understand that because it, i mean the quality of food goes down you i I have a I have a very good advisor in the beef initiative. Okay, he was in the he was in the industrial food complex for about ten to twelve years. He knows the industrial food complex and how they process food, how they put it all together. You can have a burrito that says fifty percent beef, fifty percent beans. Okay, okay, it's a decent burrito. We're gonna eat it. Whatever. Sounds like yeah, a whatever. shitty burrito. It's just it probably is. But in time, they can say, "Oh, well, yeah, beef prices are too high." Okay, it's got thirty percent beef, seventy percent beans, mm-hmm. and then I, well, well, now we don't we, we can't do that anymore. Beef is too high. We're, we're gonna put ten ten percent beef, inflation, eighty percent beans. Yeah, and all of a sudden, all this quality starts going down because why? Because we're devaluing the dollar. The dollar has less value. And so we can't afford to pay too much for all this. The, the consumer is going to pay for it, but we're not going to pay for it. So we're going to put this shit commodity in these burritos and people are going to still eat it because they think it tastes good. Your $5 burrito every day. can't stay yeah. $5. Exactly. If, if they keep it. Free. <coughs> yeah. Exactly. You exactly. think about like, even like the Little Caesars, that $5 pizza was a $5 pizza for a long time. Yeah, and it probably just got so bad that they had to raise the price. I mean, Subway had the $5 footlongs forever ago and exactly. you know, foot long now is like nine dollars you know it's like it's not even close to a five dollar foot long and it's still probably worse quality now than it was oh it was it's a- by far it's by far yeah. worse i think taco bell's bringing back 25 cent tacos or something like that you know <laughs> right. it's just i mean and people just it tastes good <laughs> that's what that's what i always say that's, that's the and that's part of the problem is if you don't but, have a lot of money and then you're gonna buy it you're gonna buy the worst food because it just feels, it fills you up for right now. So what do you what do you say to the argument where like whore. somebody like Sean, you're a whore. 
somebody like Sean who's like <laughs> eight foot two. He grew right. up. He grew up eating Subway and Taco Bell and and all yeah. this horse shit. And look McDonald's. at him. Look at him. He's a giant athletic beast of a man. Right, mm. women. As he walks by, he makes women faint when he just walks by. Mainly, uh-huh. it's because of the smell, but it's also because he's a handsome man. So, I mean, well, he if has, he, uh, T cells. What was about the T cells? Yeah, he's got his yeah, T cells. Are at, he's got like three million <laughs> T cells. Poster boy on the yeah, T cells. He's <laughs> leaking. He's leaking T cells out of his skin. Right. Yes. So like. Right. So what? What do I say to a person? I'm like, oh, you need to eat healthy. And he's like, well, look at fucking Sean. Right. Well, what, no, what? no, no, hold on. No, no, I'm. This is my narrative. You shut up. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I don't see. I don't see a lot of t-shirts right now, actually. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll say that. I'll say this about Greg. Comparison is the thief of joy for starting off, Greg. Yeah. So way to go, man. You're a thief. But uh, you know, as far as you know, Mr. Sean Harris. You know, he, he's he's not the one that we want to compare this to, right? What we want to compare it to is that people that, that do not have access to good food. Yeah, Sean ate a lot of crap. I ate a lot of crap. We all have. But mm-hmm. whenever it becomes the only thing that you consume and it's done by design because of the taste or the monetary or lack thereof of monetary value, then you're having an issue. And then, and once you get that type of mindset into the society, you become seventy percent obese and overweight, and you become diabetic. That's what happens because we're comparing things to the wrong, I guess, attributes of our consumption models. We need to remember that we're all going to eat crappy every once in a while. But if we're turning it into a twenty-four-seven consumption that we do, that we're eating every four hours because we're always hungry because the food has been modified to make you hungry every four hours and you're never full. I mean, we are overfed at this time that we've, we've, we've ever been in the history of man and we're the most undernourished that we've ever been. And that's, that's, it's like, it's like asking, it's like looking at Charlie Munger, right? Recently he's been, he's had some terrible takes on Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. right? He's like, Oh, I'm proud that I've never invested in Bitcoin before. It's like okay well that's something stupid to be proud about you know and, right? because he's wrong and and like they were wrong berkshire was wrong about apple for years and they finally got into apple when it was like way later on they still made a fortune out of it but it's like you can you can still like look at someone who's a billionaire and be like you you can fix certain things right obviously you want to look at inside yourself it's not about pointing out who's wrong, but it's more about fixing what maybe you, like you have to fix yourself first. And then like, if anyone is willing to listen, then they will listen. And I look at this a lot like, like almost like the El Salvador of Bitcoin, what you're trying to do with the beef initiative, where it's like El Salvador, it's an like it, El Salvador decided <clears throat> to opt in to Bitcoin. It wasn't, no one forced them to do it, right? Like it was an opt in thing. And it's the same thing with the beef initiative. It's like, this is an opt-in. If you want to, you can do it. You're going to see the results. You're going to get, you're going to be healthier. You're going to have less obesity, which leads to death, like faster death, disease, all those things. Or you can stay on this path where it's like, where it's obvious where this path leads to if you don't make the change. And I think that's like the bigger difference. Like, okay, yeah, I ate a a lot of bad food growing up. 
uh, but I was also like running every day, doing track. I was running every day, doing basketball, run every day, doing football, like all these different things. So, so it's a little different, but, and there's always going to be these billionaires out there who have a lot of money that have no idea about Bitcoin too. So I think you want to, it's just something that can be decentralized as it gets decentralized and people opt in and people see a difference, then it's just like a little grassroots thing that just keeps, it's just like this snowball that keeps rolling and more and more people are like, oh, what's this thing going on over here? This makes a lot of sense. And then, and then all of a sudden, boom, everyone's doing it because they see the, like, okay, do you want to be a part of a society where everyone's just like fat and lazy and dumb or a society where people are good looking, they're lean, they're thin, they're healthy, there's less disease. It just makes sense, you know? It does. I mean, we talk about, you know, we've got to replace the money, you know, hard money has to be here. Well, hard nutrition has to be here along with the hard money. It, yeah. You can't have, you can't have a change in our monetary system unless we change the food system. The decentralized food system has to come with the decentralized money system. And in, if you can't make that correlation, you need to start understanding that, it, that that's the only way it's going to happen whenever we what what controls our world world right now we we you know we say money no it's the seed everything that we do in this life is based on a seed of something that we turn into our consumption for our nutritional value let's get to the source of the seed again let's decentralize it in a way that our grandparents used to do let's use bitcoin protocol to help us get us there and then store that value to where we have that heritage and that legacy that we're all hoping for you're here here, here. That's how I see it. Nice reach. I think. That's and if a, we if we start bringing the food into the conversation into the Bitcoin space and just kind of make it symbiotic, it's going to be more fun. You know, we're all going to have a good time. I mean, people are having conferences. I mean, it's something we can do across the nation, across the world. Is like let's let's start really focusing on that and put as much intentionality as we are into the money into the food. What's yeah. what's the it, meme? What, uh, how do you push this thought? Yeah, that's what I was relying on you guys for. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to shit. I, don't, I can't do memes. <laughs> how diesels you have? Great. Seven, <laughs> seven or eight, seven you or know, eight. We got T cells, you know, we got soy sauce. You guys can get busy on this. I know you can. Collectively, yeah. you're going to kick it out. So I like yeah. T cells. <laughs> I can see yeah. you got that, uh, What's get, a normal T get that cell? mountain theme? What's a normal T cell count? Does anyone do you know? It depends Sean's on your age, really. But I mean, you, you the specimen that you are, Sean. I mean, you, you got to be banging on like eight hundred to a thousand. Easy. So, yeah. How easy. many? How many are you banging, Sean? Eight hundred, a thousand. Yeah. Every year. Every year. That, yeah. Collectively. Collectively. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking now, about. Right it, now. Wait, now is it T, t, t cells or is it, is it T counts like testosterone? Oh, okay, man, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's all no, 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 testosterone. It, t cells are the ones that fight. Uh, they're the ones with the memory that fight like antigens. Yeah, the T ones, count. Yeah. We're talking t testosterone. Yeah. So we're talking yeah. testosterone. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. sorry about that. Yeah, t my bad. So you're you're wrong way less than I am. You got another. I get to rehearse all this stuff all the time. So. A lot of education going on these days. So I hear T cell until 100K. There you go. 100K T cell. There you go, man. So speaking of education, like where can where can people find out more about the Beef Initiative? 
go to beefinitiative.com for one. And then on Twitter, we have at beef initiative. And then of course me at modern T man. And if you want to get into the telegram, it's at beef initiative as well. So there's four touch points that you can kind of get an entry into being a, a better person that eats animal protein. All right. And while we've got you on the show, I mean, this is your opportunity. Do you have any questions for any of the meme factory members? <laughs> Why have you not jumped on the beef initiative wagon before now? What the hell are y'all waiting on? Y'all eating pizza pockets and shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the, what does it look like when one jumps on the beef initiative wagon? Well, I, I really did think about this today. I was like, man, I hope that I come up with the one takeaway is that I think that we need to flood Bitcoin Twitter with a bunch of damn memes that make yeah. people feel like a bunch of soy boys for not being part of the beef initiative. I think you're right. And we have that power. I'm down for that. Yeah. Let's let's blow it up. I mean, it it it's we got cows, we got horses, we got cowboys, we got all kinds of stuff. Time out. Whatever. Time out. You're eating cow you're eating horses? <laughs> no. I mean I heard they're delicious. You know, cowboys ride horses still, so it does happen. <laughs> we got that, you know, we got the cowboy way that we can get crazy with. How's that? All right. All right. Now the most important question, and usually we have uh, we have RDS this because he's oh, it's the best part. It's the best question of the show, really. It's just if you could, if the meme factory existed, and we all know it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Accent, <clears throat> accent. <clears throat> Sorry, let me retry this. If the meme factory existed, and we all know it doesn't, <laughs> who Nothing. in it? Who would you like? <laughs> who would you mute? And who would you retweet? In it. In it. Oi. Fish and chips. Okay, that was was the question, though. That was the question. Yeah, that was the question. I'm thinking. I just have to to say, it it has to be fuck you, Greg. I mean, you've always been the best. So, it is. I'm sorry. You paid attention. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. I've always been the best. What? always been the best at being able to say fuck you greg that's right (laughs) everybody else is too cool yeah i don't know i didn't even know what fuck you greg means and i still don't know to this day you're doing it right i'm just i'm just happy that i get to say it on air so you know that's all that really matters all right fuck you greg (laughs) now wait wait the question is 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 you saying fuck you greg is that a retweet or is that a like or a mute? That's a mute. That's a mute. That's a mute. That, yeah, I guess it's a mute. All right. So who are you liking? Who and who and who in the group are you? Uh, you shooting a like over to? Who are you sending the hearts to? Right now, uh, yellow since he's overseas. He's also got that steak <laughs> in his hands. Nice. He does look at him. I mean, yeah. that's pretty. All right. Who are you retweeting? He's multitasking. He is. Who, yeah. are you re- who are you retweeting? Big Sean Harris. Oh, good choice. Ooh. Good choice. Nice. Good Great. choice. Especially because I don't know if you. Cells. I don't know if you know. And as far as Labra, I just can't keep up with him, man. What are you on? Twenty four now. Twenty. Twenty. Okay. What ha- what happens? What happens after twenty one? <laughs> yeah. Do you there go away? Be- Nobody no. knows. No, I've already said there will was... only be 21 Labra huddles. He, he goes back to zero and he does like the O's with zero. 
That yes. would be pretty funny. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> Hyperlabrization. Yeah. Hyperlabrization. Oh, one Something like that. That's hard to say. One point. Hyperlabrization. One, two, three, four. That's what we should do. When he gets past 21, we all become labrahoddle. No. That would be. We were all Greg. We were all Greg for a week. I didn't choose that. You guys just surprised me one morning with that bullshit. I woke up one morning and every tweet in my freaking timeline had my own damn face on it. That was the weirdest day in my life. Hey, I have a request. Okay, there's there's a there's one graphic that's out there, and I found it. And what it is, it's a bull, and he's 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 basically gored some dude up in the air, about eight feet up in the air. Okay, and I've made something on it. I can get I can get you guys the the graphic, but what it is, it's Pancho Villa was fighting a bull in Mexico, and that bull got him with his horn and just threw him up. And it's the perfect little graphic. You guys will like it. So All right. if y'all can do something with that, that'd be pretty badass. Okay. Oh. I'm sure we can figure something out. I think oh, you yeah. can. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you guys. I'll DM it to you. All right. So, what boys when they say they don't want to eat beef? There you go. All right. So, on that note, is there anything that you want to leave our viewers with? Any any actionable items? Any any pieces of wisdom before we head out for the night? If you have a rancher or an animal protein supplier that you're using in the United States, come to the Beef Initiative. Go to the producers page and help your rancher out and put their information in there. Let's show that it's uh, verified and that we trust it and that everybody can do a little proof of work right now. Let's get everybody helping each other right now and to get access and we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. All right. Uh, And let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's all, um, let's all be good Bitcoiners. I, I try. I learn from you guys. So, you know, I got here late. So I'm here now. All right. I appreciate it, Slim. We appreciate you uh, you making the time to come on here and talk with us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Peace. Have a good night. Thank you, man. Share